Yeah, and welcome to the Sports Fans TV Cricket Fan Show. Um, this is me, Steve, the cricket guy, and I'm joined as I so often am by my very good friend and doyen of the cricket scene, Tony. How are you, Tony? Oh, good evening. Such an intro. <laughs> and good evening all. <laughs> good evening. Well, we're here today. We're going to talk about a couple of guys who are perhaps a bit long in the tooth. Um, you know, and I've been around for a long time, but it's steeped in cricket. No, we're not going to talk about ourselves. We are going to talk about Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad because England, with the announcement of the test touring side to the West Indies, have caused a bit of a shock and a surprise, a bit of a few ripples in English cricket by deciding to leave out not just James Anderson, but leave out James Anderson and Stuart Broad. Obviously, they were both in the recent Ashes party and they played in Australia. We're integral to that side. So leaving them out, it obviously begs a question. One simple question, and I'm going to put it to Tony. Tony, is that the end of the road in Test cricket for Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad? What a difficult question. Um, we're going to put up a few stats, uh, guys, uh, in a minute. Um, and, but as we know, stats don't tell the whole story. But I have this feeling that the West Indian tour is being treated as a changeover, a changing of the guard. The squad itself, which we will talk uh, at another time, uh, is um, in similar fashion an interim squad uh, prior possibly to the appointment of a new management, new coach, a new selection set up. And I feel that the, if you like, the opportunity is being taken to phase out Jimmy and Stuart. It has to happen sometime. And uh, I mean, possibly now is as good a time as ever. We keep saying they can't go on forever. Jimmy has gone on forever, but I just have this feeling that Andrew Strauss is taking the opportunity to say, if not goodbye, uh, certainly a great reduction in, in the number of times that they play. I think they will still be there on the periphery, but I do think what he's doing is giving the heirs apparent a chance to fight amongst themselves to see if anybody measures up or do we have to rely on Jimmy and Stuart, um, either, either or both, uh, for the next couple of years. I don't think Jimmy, with the best will in the world, 12 months more would be surely his max. Stuart, I don't know what his longevity is. A few injuries are creeping in, and I just feel that maybe two years would probably be his max. So we've got a succession plan, and I think that's what uh, Andrew Strauss is doing. Yeah, so let, let's, you mentioned the stats. Let me bring some stats up so we can have a look, have a look at those. So my beautiful handiwork, um, yes. on, uh, on on the screen there. So you got Jimmy and Stuart in typical fashion. And, and Tony, I know you're interested in this. So, th so what this shows, um, folks, is that um, either Jimmy or Stuart have been England's leading 
wicket-taker in Test cricket every year since 2013. Um, and some of the numbers here are, are pretty spectacular. They're pretty impressive. What do you think, Tony? I think they are nothing short of incredible. Um, I mean, OK, um, one must bear in mind that they've played all the tests, <laughs> so no other bowlers have got to look in. So they have, if you like, the first grab at the cherries. Uh, um, but well, they always get the new ball as well. They do. Yeah. Well, and and um, there's no Tantalus and the greats here. The wickets are not out of reach, are they? No. My goodness me. And 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 just look at the incredible economy rates down the right-hand column there per wicket. I mean, it's staggering. It, just to interpret a little bit, if we go to 2021, uh, Jimmy Anderson played, there were 15 tests played. Jimmy played in 80% of them, 12. Got, despite only taking how many wickets was it in Australia? Oh, just, uh, just two, I think. Yeah, something like that. It was very, Despite only taking two in Australia, which maybe tells a little tale in itself. He got 39 wickets at an economy rate of 2.12. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now, there weren't so many tests in 2020, but Broad played in 89% of them and got 38 wickets at 2.31. I mean, it's, 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 and then if you go back the next three years, of, um, it, it, they exceeded 90%. And in one case, in 2017, okay, we're going back five years, one mustn't live in the history, but one must also give thanks for the history. Jimmy yeah. got 100%, he played in all the tests and got 55 wickets at 2.26, nothing short of incredible. If you took those bare stats, you'd say, this is lunacy. We cannot <laughs> drop these two guys. Yeah. How can we? Yeah. But for the reasons I hope I've just explained, I feel they played. So one, nobody else gets a look in. And two, we must succession plan because we can't go along, hit a brick wall, all the bricks collapse in a heap and Humpty Dumpty with them and there's no successors. That yeah. I think is Strauss's strategy. Yeah, I, I think so. Anderson took eight wickets in the, in the Ashes series, Tony, but... Um, it was uh, eight wickets in, in what 100, 104 overs, so a strike rate of nearly um, of nearly um, nearly well seventy eight wicket every seventy eight balls, which is which is quite high. So let me take that slide down just a sec because there's another aspect of the the game that I, I'd like to talk about. And there's two things that struck me about this decision, and I guess they're, they're both they're, they're kind of linked. And one is the the um, the, the the performances are still really good, although there was an interesting discussion on social media this week between Derek Pringle, the old Essex stalwart, who you no doubt have got a, yes, indeed. a tattoo of on your calf or something, as uh, an Essex absolutely. man. Absolutely. Emblazoned on my chest. <laughs> emblazoned on your Derek Pringle on your chest. <laughs> and, um, and, and Mike Selvey, um, former England Middlesex and, and other fast bowler, who's an excellent cricket writer. And they were talking about whether Anderson had become a dot ball bowler. And, um, and, you know, his, his economy rate is very good, but he wasn't taking very many wickets. And actually, particularly abroad with a kookaburra ball, if you're giving your new, you, you, you can't really afford to have your new ball bowler be a dot ball bowler. You need him to be a wicket taker. Yes. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But generally speaking, as we've shown on that slide, the performances of Anderson and Broad still stack up. 
you would if you said to her any any test bowler in the world well i'll tell you what you're going to take 48 wickets at 25 and you're going to have an economy rate of under two and a half they would go yeah all right i'll take i'll take that year you know I'll, i'll have that every time so performances are still there i wonder if there's an element of the cultural squad management side of this which is something they're addressing here and it's been interesting that Strauss's comments have very much been in, in the favour well we now need the other bowlers who are experienced the other bowlers in the squad likes of Wokes and Wood and so on need to step up and start to lead the bowling attack and I wonder if there's an element of them being under Anderson and Broad's shadow when they're all in the same squad together and it, it, make, it kind of makes them feel like junior players when in fact they they should with the experience they've got be more senior and then of course you've got the question of root and his ability to captain two very very strong characters in the dressing room and how much their presence kind of affects the culture and and i don't know i've never been in the england dressing room i'd love to have been i'm not casting any aspersions on them necessarily but it's something you get that kind of comes out of the cricket writing fraternity in the cricket world is that they is that root finds them difficult to to captain i i get where you're coming from and there is no shadow of doubt the two of them are very strong characters broad is jimmy i think in the last couple of years has been more measured in his in his comments uh uh, whereas Broad is maybe getting a little bit um, more outspoken, he expressed on the Ashes tour uh, quite openly how um, upset, more than disappointed, upset, even annoyed uh, th- that, he wa- that he was when he was uh, rested, rotated, uh, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, for, um, in, during the Ashes tour. Just when wickets seemed to suit him, he said, and I've taken a few wickets. And it's not only the ability uh, of Root to handle them. Uh, I would go a bit further. I would go, is it, uh, uh, can the coaches handle them? Mm-hmm. They've, yes. got, they've got the stats to back it up. They've got the performance figures uh, to back it up. Um, so I, I do think there's some, there could be something uh, to your argument, Steve, there. And, and they're taking with, with the uh, incoming uh, new uh, setup, um, maybe Strauss is thinking we need to start with a clean sheet here uh, and uh, give the new setup a chance to not impose, but um, have a heavy influence on the way that the, the team play and who bowls when. Having said all that, some of the other things um, that I think one other thing I would add to your comments is that the last two, two and a half years have been exceptional with COVID, with the bubble, and um, maybe the understanding of the need to rotate within that for sometimes other than purely playing cricket reasons hasn't been best understood by the two of them. Could be. Now, it's funny, as you had touched on something that I, my, my kind of my other point about this, and I, and I will make no apologies for drawing this analogy, and the analogy is Avram Grant. Apologies to any cricket fans out there who are not also f- deep followers of football, but Avram Grant was the 
manager that Chelsea brought in for a season the year after Jose Mourinho, after Jose Mourinho left the first time around. And he was very much in as a kind of breakwater between one regime and the next. It was clearly he wasn't the best manager in the world. He was in so that the next proper guy wasn't the guy that followed Mourinho. And I and I wonder if there's something similar going on here yes. in as much as Strauss has taken the decision to leave Anderson. And I know there's a selection panel, but let's face it, Strauss will probably overrule them. To leave Broad and Anderson out now so that the next guy doesn't have to be the guy that leaves out Broad and Anderson. Yes. yes. And, and, I, and I wonder if there's a little bit of, of a, an opportunity not there so that the because if the next guy came in whoever it is Collingwood on a permanent basis um Justin Langer who we laughed about it last week Tony but it's actually looking like it might be a potential goer whoever else it might be that they bring in as as the new full-time England coach Alex Stewart perhaps if they then take the decision I'm dropping Broaden Anderson they're not going to be in my squad and England struggle that will be a huge pressure point for that new coach, huge pressure point for that new coach. And I do wonder if actually the root of this decision, it's not about Roots captaining, it's definitely not about their ability to bowl, even if there might be some concerns about the um, Anderson's wicket-taking ability at the front of the innings now, but actually it's more about uh, an opportunity to take the pressure off in the medium term, and that that actually is is the root of the decision. I don't know what you think of that, Tony. I, I think you, again, I, I, this is too much. I'm agreeing with you too much. <laughs> uh, um, I, I do think you've got a point there. And I would, I, uh, furthermore, the English, England's record in West Indies is actually appalling. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 uh, I'm trying to find here, I had the stats somewhere. I think it's it's something like two series, two two in fifty four or something oh, astonishing, something ludicrous, uh, yeah. So if uh, the series goes to to previous history and Jimmy and and Stuart were there, that would make that decision by the incoming regime uh, all the more uh, um, necessary. Yeah. On the surface, and and that's going to be met with um, some resistance by the t- the two comrades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've asked if it's the end of the road. I guess the other question I'm interested in for you, Tony, is was it the right call? Scratch me. Yes, I think it was. I think we had to take the choice uh, um, now. I think if not. Now, if it proved that the, the, the one difficulty is going to be if it's uh, um, uh, if the outcome of the Windies tour is that none or, or, or heart one possibly of the pace, new pace bowling attack, uh, only one stands up and the rest collapse in a heap of, if you excuse the pun, ashes, uh, we... Um, we could be back into square one and the, and the clamour for their return in the summer will be immense. So, so to twist your argument round the other way, if there's a failure in the West Indies, the pressure on the new regime coming in to pick them will be huge, but they will have already been left out. So your point still has validity in my eyes. 
But if you scratch my back, I'd, and, and as you know, we both sort of selected squads, uh, some of which were way off. But in my squad, I didn't have either of them in uh, uh, to go to the Windies. I, I thought this might happen. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, for me, I can see more of the logic with a mission of Anderson than I can for Broad. I think Broad is a few years younger. Yeah. Um, and I think he could go in, and I mean, he's still in fine form. Um, and I think they, I, so I'm kind of calling it a score draw, and I, and I can understand the decision to leave out Jimmy Anderson, but I personally would have taken Broad. And I would even, even if there were any questions about whether Joe Root was going to carry on as captain, I would even have had a serious consideration not only to take Stuart Broad, but to have let him lead the tour as captain. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly have that. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. The thought, the thought of the confrontational issues with, with, the, with the umpires and, and off the field, uh, uh, to my mind, are horrendous. Uh, his father was of the same ilk, uh, and uh, I really, oh, my goodness me, no. <laughs> couldn't well, have that. well, maybe the only way they could make it work is if they made his dad the match referee for every game he captained. Well, that might yeah, be a way to keep him in line. Yeah. But um, well, there you are, folks. We've had a bit of a kick around of the Jimmy Anderson Stuart Broad situation. Let us know what you think. Um, leave some comments under the video or the podcast. And, and you know, and don't forget as well, of course, as we must say, to like and subscribe. Um, uh, you can follow us on on YouTube and on all good podcasting platforms, and you can also follow us on Twitter at sftv underscore cricket where particularly during matches we share our thoughts and our and our and our cries of anguish and delight as they occur during the games so thank you very much for joining us this time on the sports fans tv cricket fan show we'll see you again soon we've got another show um on the squad itself and we will try not to talk about jimmy and stuart on that one we'll talk about the squad itself um so join us again very soon on the sftv cricket fan show good night from me and good night from tony Good night, folks.